When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Rule the day the plant-based way with the new vegan mixed berry from Smoothie King. Powered by whole, non-GMO fruits, oat milk, and vegan protein, it's a dairy-free, plant-based smoothie you can feel great about. With 13 grams of protein and half your daily fiber, it's an easy way to get the essential nutrients your body craves. Skip the line and order online for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King. Rule the day. This is NLBS Job Search Advice Radio, episode 1853. I'm your host, Jeff Altman, Game and welcome. I like to spend some time daily talking with you about some elements of job search because for many of you, it's harder than it needs to be even during these times. And I've got a guest on today. It's an archived show um, from my other series, Job Search Radio, that I discontinued in I think it was early 2019, uh, an interview with a woman named Julie Bauke, where we talk about career happiness. Hope you find this helpful and give it a great review wherever you listen to the show. And I just want to simply say, stay safe, be great. Let's get going. So my guest today is Julie Bauke, the career happiness officer of the Bauke Group, and of the entire planet. Julie, welcome to Job Search Radio. Great to have you on board. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. I'm career happy to be here. How about that? I don't know. This is starting to get confusing right away. I haven't had one of those shows in a long time. So probably the easiest place for me to start off with is career happiness officer. What the heck is a career happiness officer? You know, it's funny, even the term career happiness makes people kind of laugh, like you've just said, you've seen a unicorn. Uh, there's so many people unhappy at work. The numbers are, you know, in the high 60s, 70%, that the whole concept of career happiness, even those two words together, have become somewhat of an oxymoron when you think about it. And um, I, just based on my experience and all the places I've been and all the people I've worked with, I know that it's possible. I know that it can be elusive and I know it's hard work. But my real business of my mission of my business and really of my life professionally is to give people the how to's, the tools to get from where they are to where they want to be. And that sounds simple, but as you probably can imagine, it's quite complex. You're a coach. I recognize this. <laughs> you do coaching with people. And that's fabulous. Um, and the way I, I, I've grown to understand that is for so many people, that industrial mindset that basically says you've got a to-do list, you got to get through a to-do list. I can't get through the to-do list because as soon as I get something off of it, four things replace it. That's right. And, and it's, it's a miserable existence if all the things on your to-do list are things that you really don't enjoy at all or feel competent at or get no uh, sense of fulfillment out of checking, you know, crossing the list off. And when you think about how many hours a week we spend at work, much more so than we did 
know, with, with technology and how we're all working 24-7, it's much more so than it's ever been. And so take the fact that in the past, maybe we were unhappy 40 hours a week. Now we're unhappy 60 hours a week. And oh, all those times when we're checking our phones as well. So it just really pervades our lives. And I think it, it just really lends to a less than um, a high quality existence. It is tough for so many folks. Now, where does someone begin their journey of developing career happiness? How do, how do they get going along the, yeah. along the lines of, of bringing that into the equation and not just simply taking it on the chin all the time? Yeah. You know, we can get, we can take it on the chin for so long that it's very hard to get back up and we lose sight of who we are and what we like to do. There's first of all, just recognize that if you're, if you're struggling with this, you're not alone. There's a real gap in our learning and our education and along, you know, along the way and some, in some, in many ways, we're still stuck in that industrial mindset mode of if I have a job, I should just be grateful. Um, whether it's high school or college or anytime thereafter, no one ever taught us how to find a job let alone the right job for for you right now and there's so many pieces in there that it can get really hard to unpack it all but you have to start someplace the first place to start is getting really clear on where you are right now what do you want to do more of what do you want to do less of what's your situation right now it's it's very easy and we often devolve into i hate my job and i will generally say well, what do you hate about it well everything well, do you really think a doctor could help you if you went to the, if you went to him and said him or her and said I hurt everywhere? Um, so you first have to figure out what's not working where you are, and there's a, a whole questioning process that goes through that. But part of that is also what brought you to where you are today. So like most things worthwhile, it starts with true introspection and, and asking yourself those hard questions so you can figure out where you went off the rails. You know, fifty some year fifty. You know, people in their 50s still say to me, I still don't know what I want to do when I grow up, which frankly is one of my pet peeves because I always want to say, look in the mirror, you are well past grown up and the career fair is not coming. And so the first thing you have to do, it's all about introspection and self-awareness to start with. If it doesn't start there, with a true understanding of who you are professionally and what you want and where you are in your life and what you want in the big picture. And those are really big questions. And I get that. You can't even hope to get any place good. So it has to start there. It's funny. Normally, when you know, years ago, when I started working with people for the first time, I, I found that people couldn't answer that question. Uh, so I went to the opposite route. What do you detest? Yeah. I picked that word intentionally because it's a strong charged yeah. word. Yeah. Uh, and in choosing that one, I would then flip to the opposite side, and then from there, since the opposite was unlikely, possible but unlikely, I would try and then find things in the middle. Right. Uh, between those two. How do, you, how do you coach people into finding that thing that they would adore doing? Well, first of all, you know, you're, you're exactly right. Most people can tell you what they don't like, but they can't tell you what they do like. And But you're right. Knowing what you don't like is a starting point. And so once you figure out, you know, I, we will say to people, think of a time when you were really happy in your job. What, you know, what, what was it? What was it that made you happy? What, and it doesn't have to be you love the whole job, but it could be what were the pieces in the job that you liked? So we help people identify times when they were feeling happy and fulfilled. And sometimes it's just one day a week or three hours a month. But when you can start to isolate the things that, uh, that, that you know, you, when, those days that you really did have a good day, 
or a good hour or maybe a good five minutes. Once you start to really isolate those and figure out what did you get to do during that time? What did you get to avoid? Most people, if you ask the right questions, can get there. It doesn't take a battery of assessments and a PhD to figure it out. And there's an awful lot of over-reliance on those sort of tools by people in my profession um, who just who want to just, you know, look. It's not as simple as looking at the back page at the last page of a, of a group of assessments to figure out what your answer is. Because we've all been through that, and a lot of times the answer is forest ranger, and we're not going to do that. So, right? isn't it? Or truck driver? <laughs> um, so, or coach. If you ask people the right questions and really guide them through a process, generally people can tell you uh, if they can only tell you what they didn't like, and you can, like you said, help them figure out what the opposite of that might be. Um, now you're on to something that you can start to hang on to and articulate put words around and march toward. Absolutely right. So they're starting to figure out where what they want to be when they grow up. I, I use that example that you, you used before. And by the way, that's older than 50. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So where does someone go from here? What's the next step for them? You know, yeah. So the first thing, you know, once you're going to figure out who am I and what I want to do next and there's a lot of pitfalls along the way because a lot of people, a lot of barriers, but a lot of them are self-imposed. So if I'm sitting here, you know, if I'm sitting there thinking, okay, I'm 30, 40, 50, and I decide I want to be a ballerina or play major league baseball, that's probably not going to happen. So reality is really important too. But we tend to think more things are out of the question than actually are. So, and maybe, you know, we're sitting here thinking, here's what I'd really like to do, but the path from here to there seems so onerous that we just put the covers over our head and go back to bed. So it's really a process. And so let's say I always talk on a scale of one to 10 in terms of career happiness. So if you're a two and you say, man, here's my eight or my 10, you know, it's, it's doing this. Sitting at a two, it's very hard to imagine that you could actually get there. So we'll say, all right, so if you could make some changes and find out and figure out how to get to a four, that's a hundred percent increase in your career happiness. Wouldn't that be worth something? And once you get to a four, what if you could then move toward a six? You know, now we're getting somewhere. So the task seems so huge that it's very easy to give up. And we are capable of much more than we think we are. So once you know what you want, you have to figure out what does the market want? Because if you do something or want to do something, that is not in demand in the market or the market won't pay enough for for you to make the living that you need to make then that's probably maybe it's not a no but maybe it's just a not right now in other words maybe you can do it in five years so we encourage people to take a long view what's your life going to look like in five years will your nest be empty you know what you know what what's life going to look like for you then maybe it's something that you put into your future planning not something you can have today so you have to be realistic as well, not only about yourself, but about the market and what you can reasonably do. But it's really, really easy to give up along the way, unfortunately. So true. And we're going to be back with more from Julie in just a moment. But first, my insider tip for this show. Well, I'll simply say that it's easy to start off on a path and to do a whole bunch of things and run up against personal resistance. People time and time again try ideas, 
try to lose weight. You know the pantheon of things that you've tried in your life that people come in short with, that you've come in short with. But the thing I want to encourage you to do is, I'm going to check with Julie about it in just a moment, is the notion of getting support. Now, some people try the support of a friend. And experience tells me, and I think statistics bear it out as well, is it doesn't, the support doesn't last that long because friends are not willing to do the kind of work with you and provide the kind of support that you might need at times where you're running up against problems. You know, they give you two poor babies, poor baby, poor baby. And and the result winds up being that you don't get any further along. uh, And then both of you peel off because this isn't working. Instead, so often you are so much better off hiring a coach to help you uh, and making that investment in yourself because they know how to press the right buttons to keep moving you along and, and to help expose the, the resistances and to see the light that's going to help you get to the other side. Now, there's a lot more of my website, which is TheBigGameHunter.us. Uh, go over to the site and go explore it. Uh, there's a lot there, as I said, that is going to help you find work and help you play bigger in your career. So let's come back to Julie and pick up where we left off. So... Let me just check something here. How did I do with the co- with that notion of coaching? Yeah, can, you're right. I know people can do it by themselves, but isn't it a lot easier with a coach to help sort this out? So much easier. Now you're right about your friends because your friends they don't want to. They still want to be your friend, and so if you complain to them five times, you know, every time they see you, if you're complaining about your job and you give them helpful advice and you, you know, uh, you know, are encouraging them, and then you see them the next time, and they're complaining the same, you know, they're complaining again, to say to a friend, okay, when are you going to do something about it? I've been listening to you now for six months. When are you going to do something about it? We all should be able to do that with our friends, but it's really risky. Also, our friends are not objective about us. They see us in one way. And good career advising, good career strategy is around seeing yourself from a 360 degree view, looking at all of your options. And I always tell, I tell our clients, I'm the only objective person in your life. You know, your spouse, your friends, your former boss, people who adore you, people who don't adore you, they're not objective about you. And my only agenda or our only agenda is helping you get what you want uh, as soon as you figure out what you want and to keep pushing you to get there. And, you know, it is hard. Um, and people look at it and say, well, I don't really understand what a, you know, what a career advisor or strategist or coach does. It's really help you get what you want, help you figure out what you want and put together a plan to get it. And uh, people look at it as, oh, you know, I, you know, I don't want to spend that money. You know, you probably, if you, if you, if you really looked at, first of all, understand something, your career is your, is your number one priority. It's not anybody else's and that's the way it should be. So when something is, I mean, it's, it's your top priority. It's not anybody else's top priority. It's not your top priority in your life, probably. But the things we care about, things that are important, we have to invest in. Whether it's reading a book or going to a conference or hiring a coach, those are, those are the, if you, if you, these are the investments we make to spring ourselves to the next level. So if you could get a better job or get, become happier at work, therefore do you know, probably get tapped for more interesting opportunities and promotions, you're going to pay that back. You're going to pay yourself back on that investment multiple times. But we just have this, 
you're st still part of this industrial mindset a little bit that my company is responsible for my development and my career. And I don't know if, if you really believe that way and you've been paying at all any attention to what's going on in the world, you have to know that you're delusional. It's your, it, it is your career to drive and it should be. And any other thinking to the contrary, I think is, is foolish and dangerous. Two things. Number one is I agree wholeheartedly uh, with your statement about employers. You, you, know, you are just another widget on the production line for them. And if you don't believe me, take a look what happened to tens of millions of people who lost their jobs at, on, at the end of uh, during the 2008 to 2010 depression. I'm going to call it what it was. It was a depression. And, you know, firms at this point expect you to pay for your own training and education. Yeah. you got to write the check. So that's point number one. And here's point number two. If you think coaching is exp expensive, <laughs> procrastination, it costs far more. But it goes, it's paid for on the drip plan. You know, it, you know, your life gets sucked out of you. The opportunities pass you by, all because you're not taking the time to get the support that would help you turn the corner. And with that, those kinds of small incremental changes that you make working with a coach, clearly people will be far more successful faster because uh, they'll be able to debug the software that's keeping them playing small. Yeah, you know, I saw a statistic one time that reminds me, just it, it popped into my mind when you were talking, that there was a study done of people who'd been unemployed, long-term unemployed. And for the purpose of this study, it was six months, was long-term unemployed. What percent of people do you think spent any time or resources improving their skills or anything to make themselves more marketable? Under 10%. Yeah, 11%. I'm not I'm, surprised. I'm not either, but it's still so like, it's still, it's old thinking um, that I'm just gonna keep doing, I'm gonna keep making the same mistakes over and over again. I'm just gonna keep sending out resumes and hope somebody sees how awesome I am. And that's really, that's called a, that's, that's a junk mail search. You know, you're just, you're generating junk mail. Things aren't like they used to be and they're, they're never going back and it's a different world in search. And, uh, but it all starts with, it, a smart search starts with what you want, what's your desired outcome, not the opposite, which is who will hire me? Yep. Who do you want to hire you? So I know that you've got this formula and we're going through the formula, starting starting off with getting clear about what you want and then moving into uh, doing the reality check about whether that's, I don't want to call it realistic, but whether it's achievable at this time or whether you have to take additional steps to, to move yourself forward to doing that. Yeah. So the career happiness formula, it's very simple. Um, but really complex, like a lot of things that appear to be simple on the surface are. And to know if to be, if you are stuck in a job and you're think, trying to figure out what the heck, I used to be happy, or I'm not sure what's wrong, or you're trying to figure out um, what really is your next step, there's four pieces. The first is we're career happy when we're doing what we like or what we love. So to actually like or love our work is important. The second part mm -hmm. of that is to be good at what you do. Now, if you like to do it and you're not good at it, you're not going to hold a job. If you're good at it, but you don't like it, you're not going to perform or show up well. Now, if you're good at it and you like it, you also have to be, it also has to be something that you can get paid to do. If you can't, it's just a hobby. And that gets to market as well as what you need to make. 
So when we're good at something and we like it and we can get paid to do it, we're, we're well on our way. The fourth piece, though, is the elephant in the room. And that is in a place, in a way you can be successful. So culture, leadership, mission, values, the length of your commute. Uh, do you believe in the leadership of your organization? I, I Every time I do a webinar or an event, I always use this as a poll question. I have people think about their the worst job they ever had. And I mm-hmm. ask them to figure out which was the biggest piece of the career formula that was missing. Two thirds of people every single time will say it was the last one. Culture, place in a way they can be successful. And um, it's here's the problem, though. Keeping all four of those balls in the air in the middle of all the other balls in the air of your life you're trying to keep in the air, you can see why people give up. I had a client one time, and this, I mean, I will never forget. I talked to him on Friday. He was like a, a former client. He's like, man, he goes, I ran it. He goes, I was going through a bunch of old notes, and I found your career happiness formula. I read it, and I was like, yep, I got it all going on. He's like all proud of himself, you know. Everything's great. Monday, comes in, finds out there's a new boss. They share the new boss's name. He says, holy cow, it's a guy that this guy had to fire from another company two years earlier. Yeah. <laughs> guess what? All of a sudden, his, career, his entire career happiness tumbled. And he figured as soon as the guy started, it became really clear that he remembered it very well, too. And so he knew right then he needed to go find another job. So it can change so quickly. And sometimes it's because you change. And sometimes it's because your circumstances change. Um, so you've got to get really clear on, you have to you have to do, you have to be vigilant. You have to ask yourself these questions. And then when there's something out of whack, don't blame yourself. Don't say, I just need to try harder. Maybe that is it, but don't put it all to that. Look at it and say, all right, what is it that's not working? Maybe it used to be working, but it's not working now. What can I reasonably change? What can I control? And how can I move forward instead of staying here and you know hoping for the best? Blame is so irrelevant uh, <laughs> in the formula. Because at the end of the day, you can blame someone and be no happier. Right. You may, you may be right, <laughs> but you're not right. going to be any happier. And That's the question right. becomes, what are you going to do about it? What's, right. what, what action steps can you take? Yeah. And as you described you know, in, in what you just said, for so many people, they're stuck in this bind where they have too much to do and not enough hours in the day, and they haven't figured out that small incremental change is the way to go. Now, if there's something that they can do daily for 20 minutes, a half hour, you know, with the TV off at the end of their workday, they will have moved forward so much in the course yeah. of a week or two weeks It'll, you know, it will shock them tremendously. And you know what? And you're going to you're going to start nodding when I say this. But when do we work? When do we update our resume? When the crisis hits, it is time for luck. That's statistically, that's what everyone does. Yeah, that's right. And so tell me when you're so your resume is a marketing document that's supposed to position you as a person that other companies or organizations would want to hire. And so you're going to work on your marketing document on a day when you feel like crap, on a day when you've dropped the ball or something blew up or you got in a fight with the boss. So you realize you just can't take it anymore. That's the wrong mindset to do your resume in. And, you know, at the very least, let alone interview or build a network or any of those sort of things. So you have to 
you've got to, you know, was it Harvey McKay? Dig your well before you're thirsty. You know, patch your roof while the sun's still shining. Pick whatever, whatever you want, but that's, you have to, but we don't. And it's generally, you know, we get slapped upside the head by losing our jobs once or twice before we recognize that we're not immune. You know, I tell people, I say, hear me now and just believe this every day. Your company wants you until the day they don't. And you need to behave accordingly. And I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how many degrees you have. If your company decided they didn't want you around anymore, you would be gone. And so don't walk around thinking that you're all that and that your company is loyal to you because they're not. Um, so it doesn't mean that you have to always you know, be out interviewing for other jobs. But what it means is you have to constantly, you have to advocate for yourself and you have to ask yourself the hard questions as, you know, is this working for me? What do I want a year from now, two years from now? Am I likely to get it from where I sit today? If not, how do I put together a plan to change so that I'm not surprised someday when someone calls me into human resources and hands me an empty cardboard box? And that's the stunner for so many people. You know, these days, you know, I've been in search for more than 40 years. And I remember when the resume was the marketing document, the end all marketing documents. And you had to pick the right kind of paper with the matching envelopes, on and on and on. And then it got destroyed by fax machines. And, of course, there's no paper anymore. Yeah. So now I think in terms of for the person who isn't aggressively looking, I think of LinkedIn as the vehicle, of course. And minimally, the profile has to be up to date, you know, every couple of months. And it has to be, you know, SEO optimized and close enough to what your resume will display if you need to submit it for something so that there's no incongruence between the two. You know, because you know, I've had incidents where, you know, I submit a resume to a client and they say, take a quick look at his LinkedIn profile. And I was so busy, I hadn't looked at it. And it describes something that's close, but the emphasis is on some other aspect of their background. And thus, they turn off a potential hire. So, oh, you know, yes, absolutely. That's, so somebody, gets, that's somebody who's trying to be all things to all people. And you're only one people, you know, so don't try to. You know, don't try to, to, to be everything to everybody. It drives me crazy. But you're right. LinkedIn is a game changer. Everybody, everybody is in the game at all times if you're on LinkedIn. And you should be. And you and don't just kind of be there. Don't have a picture of you and your kid or you and a beer or you and your dog or you and a plunging neckline. I mean, be appropriate and professional. And your LinkedIn profile should be should have the look of someone that any company would be happy to put in front of their customers. But boy, oh boy, do people screw that up all day long. The person who gets ahead isn't always the smartest or work the hardest, although those are great qualities to have. People who get ahead remain alert to opportunity. Sometimes those are internal, more often than not, they're external. And as such, people are buying $5,000 a year LinkedIn recruiter packages to search the 480 million people in the LinkedIn database. And... They're reaching out to you for a job, and you make the mistake of saying, oh, what an annoyance this is. This recruiter is reaching out to me about a job. Oh, could they leave me alone? Hello? Yeah. Hello? Hey, but Jeff, don't you know 
that if they blow you off in six months, they're going to pull up that email you sent and reach out and be like, oh, hi. You know, they're going to, you know, they're going to want once they need something, they'll expect you to call them back. And so you again, you have to build relationships before you need or want anything to start a job search. I can't tell you how many people I've worked with over the years, executives who, well, I don't really have a network. I had one guy, this is probably two years ago, so it wasn't that long ago, guy in his late 40s says to me, I don't believe in LinkedIn. And I said, of course, I, I am known for my directness. I said to him, you know what? It's really not something you believe in or don't believe in. And if I was a hiring manager and you were not on LinkedIn, I would say to myself, what else are you going to refuse to do? What else are you going to refuse to learn? It says a lot about your ability and desire to keep up with your function and your industry and your profession if you don't get that LinkedIn is how people find each other these days. Don't tell me you don't believe in it. I mean, I about fell off my chair, but um, you know, I, I'd love to know if he has a LinkedIn profile now. Probably not. But um, but it's it's it, it is just crazy the attitudes people have about it. Someone just uh, left a message. What's the number one rule for LinkedIn? I refuse to believe it will rain today. Which I'll interpret as being, I don't believe anything bad can happen to me. Yeah. So absolutely, um, you know, it happens all the time. It's what's so interesting is my son is it's twenty one. He's a senior in college. He already has a job, but the company he's working for. Um, he's going to uh, one city and they called him and he thought they were going to say, oh, we've moved your job to a different city. And he knew and he was afraid of that because that had happened to a couple people he knows. And he said, he looked at me and he goes, I'm not going to that city. And he goes, if, if they're moving my job to a different city, I'm just going to find a different job. And I'm thinking to myself, how different than when I was coming out of college? If the employer would have called you and said, hey, we're moving you to a different city, I would have gone, okay. But he yes, master. Yes, master. constantly getting contacted on LinkedIn by other companies wanting to hire him. So he doesn't need the campus placement office. So LinkedIn is a game changer. I don't care where you are in your career. And if you're a hiring, if you're an employer, your best people are the ones who are being scouted on LinkedIn. No longer do they have to go enter some recruiter's database. They can be found simply by being on LinkedIn. So it's um, it's a game changer. However, as professionals, you have to engage it and use it in a productive way with the right, you know, with the right strategy. And folks, here's one of the basics that people don't do. Log on to your account a couple of times a week. Yeah. You're, you're commuting, you're on the train, you're on a bus, you know, download the app to your phone. So this way you're not having to boot up another device. Download the app to your phone or tablet. Get one of the apps, respond to messages. You know, it's not that tough. It's so not. not that. And, and, you know, we're starting to come up on the end of our time with one another. And I, I want to make sure that you cover everything that you wanted to. Yeah. It's been a great conversation. But what haven't I been skillful enough to ask you about so far? <laughs> you know, uh, no, you've asked a lot of great questions. You know, I think that with most most people, you know, I, I um Half of my career was in human resources, and then the last half working with people everywhere from professional football players and basketball players to CEOs and accountants and clergy and administrators and accountants. Um, and what I find is that every single every single person struggles with some variation of the same issue. This is a human process, and you can make bazillions of dollars per year 
and you still are going to have the same struggles when it comes to career management and job search as a person who makes $30,000 a year. In fact, I find a lot of times that the higher the people are, the more stubborn they are and the more they believe that they don't need help and the bigger mistakes they're making. And so if you are struggling with this in any way, don't think it's because you're stupid or because you don't know what you're doing or because no one's going to hire you. With so many people I talk to or are having struggles, I want to say it's because you're doing it wrong. You know? And so um, know that you can have more than you probably think you can, but you've got to get clear and you've got to get a plan and you've got to take action because it literally, the career fairy is not going to come sprinkle dust on you while you're sleeping tonight. The skill needed to find the job are different and complement the skills needed to do a job. Most people just act from the place of, I can do this. Yeah. You know, I'm going to submit my resume. And they never do, never learn how to write a resume, never do networking, you know, have no idea how to interview well, do no research, on and on and on mistakes that they make. Yeah. And I I wrote a book. I'm not sure if you mentioned that, but I wrote a book called Stop Peeing on Your Shoes, Avoiding the Mistakes That Screw Up Your Job Search. And, um, it's, it's all about the things that it's just like the seven things that if people just wouldn't do those things or do those things or do those things better, they would be head and shoulders above 90% of the people in the job market. And so it's, it's a very quick read with cartoons and stories. And um, it's very direct and very actionable. And usually people read it and go, whoa, I need new shoes. I've been peeing on those puppies. For a long time. So that's another resource for people that's, um, you know, that's that's an option. Is it on Amazon? It is on Amazon. And I also, on my website, um, we do webinars and things like that. And we'll always have a link on the front page to things that are going on. So check back because I like to go deeper into this topic and give people as much practical, you can do it, kind of how do you fit this into your life kind of stuff as possible. It's doable. It's hard work. But you know what? Everything worthwhile is hard work. Duh. Right. (laughs) And I'll have a link to to the book on Amazon and to your website in the show notes uh, to make it easy for folks. Julie, thank you so much for making time. Give give folks, uh, you know, tell folks how they can find out more about you, the book, the website, all sorts of stuff. Okay. Babalkygroup.com. And could you spell that for them, please? Yes. It's T H E B as in boy, A U K E. It sounds like there's an L in it, but there's not. TheBalkyGroup.com. That's today's show. I hope you found it helpful. And if you did, here are a few more ways to get information and advice from me. First of all, visit my website, which is TheBigGameHunter.us. Go to the blog. There's a lot there to help you with your job search, hiring more effectively, managing and leading, and workplace-related issues. In addition, if you're interested in my coaching you, there's a button there that says Schedule. Schedule time for a free discovery call or schedule yourself in for coaching. Obviously, I'm going to charge for that, but I can help you with interview preparation, leadership coaching, salary negotiation advice, making a good decision between different offers, anything related to improving yourself in the workplace, I can coach you about. If you have questions for me, you can schedule 15 minutes with me at thebiggamehunter.us forward slash live or a less expensive way is at thebiggamehunter.us forward slash video answers where you leave a message for me and I'll respond with a three to five minute video. Connect with me on LinkedIn at linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash thebiggamehunter.us. 
I can assure you, your network will expand a lot by connecting with me. And finally, watch me on TV. Download the Job Search TV app for Fire TV, Fire Stick, Apple TV, Roku, like 90 different manufacturers. I'll be back tomorrow with more. And in the meantime, I hope you have a terrific day. Be great! Rule the day the plant-based way with the new vegan mixed berry from Smoothie King. Powered by whole, non-GMO fruits, oat milk, and vegan protein, it's a dairy-free, plant-based smoothie you can feel great about. With 13 grams of protein and half your daily fiber, it's an easy way to get the essential nutrients your body craves. Skip the line and order online for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King. Rule the day.